This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal. Hey, More Than Workers. Today, we're going to talk about feedback. How do you give feedback? How do you get feedback? Have you ever worked with somebody who you wanted to tell them what you are thinking, but they're not really open to it? Have you ever wondered why don't people tell me what I'm doing wrong? Maybe you're not open to it. So we're going to talk about feedback, but I want to start off with a story. So one of the products that we have at PeopleCentric, we have a rich toolbox of tools, but one of the products that we have is a 360 assessment. And when we do 360 assessments, here's how that works. You could get a 360 assessment on you. You give us the names of people that work with you, that work for you, and that you work for, and we can collect anonymous feedback from those people. And it gives you ratings on how you are as a leader across like seven different dimensions of leadership. And you can find out like how you rate versus average. And then there's open comments on there. You can get direct feedback from people uh, on your performance and what they think of you as a leader. And there's questions in there like, you know, what are things, what are people afraid to tell you about yourself and your leadership style? We started that product years ago, and one of the first companies that purchased it went to their entire management team and said, we're going to give it to our whole management team. This is going to be great. We're going to do this for our whole management team. And they all did it with each other. And we all went and collected all these results. And then we sat down with them one by one, and we gave them the results, and they got to read these things. And it was incredibly disruptive. It was incredibly disruptive. They got all of these things like, who said that? And where did that come from? And I'll bet John said that. And John has always hated me. And John's just trying to shoot at me. And, and it just became this really, really negative feedback kind of thing. And to this day, like we still have 360 assessments. We still use them, but we use them very sparingly. We kind of equalize, we kind of equate it to the idea of like paddles on the table. Like if if the patient just really needs to get shocked a little bit, it's like, you know, we're going to hit you on the table, but it's, it's a violent action. It is not like an easy thing to do. We all say that we want feedback, but do you really want feedback? And then we all like to give feedback, but are we good at giving the feedback? So that's what we're going to talk about today, because maybe just maybe something you're doing needs a little feedback to be able to do something better. So we're here with the people-centric team. As always, we have Diana Royalty, we have Bethany Taff, and we have our fearless host, Matt Griswold. Thank you, Don. I think before we really get into the nuts and bolts of this conversation, I think let's lay a little bit more foundation of where this even comes from in the first place. Because I, th I think there's a mentality of people that are like, I don't, you know, you'll know what you need to know when you need to know it, and I'll be the teller of those things that you need to know. Other than that, go ahead and, you know, go do your job. Like, you know, the concept of asking a workforce or a team, if I'm a manager, the concept of asking my team for feedback can be daunting. It can be, it can be vulnerable. It can be daunting and, and maybe just a place that I don't want to go. Let's do this maybe for funsies. As we've talked to different organizations that we get to work with and we start talking about this idea, you know, one of the things that we do uh, initially, one of the options that you can do to start a relationship with us is uh, called a Pathfinder, where we, we survey the people, we hear from the people. This is uh, particularly helpful, by the way, if you are going into a strategic planning session and you want the voice of the people to be an influence in the room without having the, the people actually in the room, this is a good way to be able to gather that feedback. But as you might imagine, not everyone is super agreeable 
with uh, surveying and, and uh, surveying, you know, asking for feedback from the from the workforce. So what are some reasons maybe you all have heard uh, as we've had these conversations? Why are leaders, managers, owners, whatever you want to say, why are we uh, nervous about asking for that feedback in the first place? What are some of those reasons we've heard? Probably the number one reason is they're afraid about what they're going to say. Or yeah. on the flip, the, the, the derivative of that one is I already know what they're going to say and I don't want to, I'm tired of hearing it. Uh, we hear that a lot, right? I already know what they're going to say. This is, and you know, Diana talks a lot about assigning intent to people, at, you know, for the, for their actions or for their words uh, behind their words. And, you know, man, we see business managers, uh, owners do this quite a bit too. Like, I already know what they're going to say before I even ask the question. I don't even have to ask the question. I want I know why people so well, I know what they're going to say. They're just going to want more money or, you know, uh, stuff like that. What else? What's another reason why they don't like to ask for that feedback, Diana? I think that maybe they've asked a hundred times and they keep getting the same feedback and they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And, and they'll guise that. They might even say that as they're going to just come up with a bunch of things that I can't accomplish anyway, that I can't do. No, I can't give everybody a raise. No, I can't give everybody a company car. You know, no, I can't give everybody three day work weeks, you know, whatever that, that that's where it seems like they start with, with that, you know, pessimism, I guess, towards that idea of feedback. So I don't know. Any others? I think those are good. And those we hear like every version of that, both of those in the spectrum, all across the board. I already know what they're going to tell me. They're going to ask for a whole bunch of this stuff and I don't want to hear it anymore. Or I can't give it for, to them anyway. Or what am I going to do next with that? Or that kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a good spectrum of all of those things. Now to give you, we always talk about behind the scenes, like what do we think of in terms of consultants? When we hear that, we recognize that yes, you've probably collected feedback in the past and you've been unable to manage that feedback properly. You clearly are confused about what to do next with that. So the question isn't, do we stop the feedback then? The question might be, how do we address the feedback? How do we handle the feedback? Yeah. Right. Before we even start asking for feedback, we want to probably make sure that there's a mechanism in place to be able to respond to this feedback. And, you know, we're, we're speaking kind of in general terms too. This can be for a one-on-one. This can be for, you know, ask, asking somebody for individual feedback, asking a team for feedback. We've had organizations that had like suggestion boxes. They want to put a, put a suggestion box in the cafeteria and gather everybody's feedback like that. Well, the, the legwork from something like that is not putting the suggestion box out. It is keeping up with and responding to all of the different randomness that comes through the suggestion box there too. Like there has to be some sort of a mechanism where people are heard. In fact, if I am dealing with the manager or I'm dealing with a business where they say, I already know what they're going to say. I already know what they're going to say. We've done this three times. They've said the same thing. If we ask the next question and say, well, what did you do with the feedback that you had last time? What have you done with the feedback or the responses since last time? Most likely, we're likely to get an answer of they didn't give me anything that I could do anything with. Like I didn't do anything because it was unreasonable. I didn't do anything because they know we can't do that. They didn't even take it seriously. You know, we'll hear things like that. And so in, in, instead of having a response, what I see a lot of times is that there is no response because I don't know how to respond. And so the appropriate response, whenever I don't know how to respond, is to say nothing. And if we follow that track, just I'm just building the case here. If I follow that track, the next, you know, one more step, if I'm the employee that you asked me for feedback, I gave you feedback and you chose to do nothing with the feedback, how am I likely to respond next time you ask me for feedback? Probably not going to give you much feedback. Or it's how you also interact with that feedback. We had a work at a major manufacturing company and some of the employees came to me and they were very frustrated. 
And they were frustrated because on the company's intranet, you're familiar with intranet internally there, they said, okay, everybody, there was a poll question for all of the employees. They said, okay, everybody, we have two options for software that we are, you know, we, we, we're going to change software. We have two options to go with. And the person that was talking to me was from the IT department. And he said, it was overwhelmingly people chose option A. After they gathered all the feedback, the company implemented option B, which did not win. And it was overwhelmingly A. You can put yourself, I laugh at that. To him, he was very frustrated because it seems, I mean, I laugh because it seems so obvious. Like, why do you even ask the question if you already have a predetermined outcome in your mind? Don, were you going to add to that? Yeah, we had a story when I was at 3M, they decided they had invented this new duct tape. And they thought it was going to be this new like masking tape. 3M owns the masking tape side, but they wanted to do this new duct tape. And so they, they did a contest internally and they said, guess what? You as the employees get to name the duct tape. You're going to come up with a name for the duct tape. <laughs> so then they had this big contest and you could apply for it and everything. And I applied. I submitted what I thought was going to be the winning entry for that because I thought I had a really good idea for it. It was the it was duct tape and they did it in that blue color, the same blue color that the masking tape was in. So I thought the name of it should be Bluck Tape. Bluck Tape. It's blue duct tape. It's catchy, right? Like if you said it's, it's catchy. Like you can, you can it's see awful. the commercials for them. Like, I need duct tape. And like, you don't need duct tape. You need Bluck Tape. What's Bluck Tape? What's the blue duct tape? What's different about the blue duct tape? already has the marketing campaign it's done so much too. Better. I did. I had the whole thing designed out. So this is I why we hire people for marketing. I see. This is why other people help us with this. I, thanks for that feedback, Diana. That was appreciated. Wow. I appreciate that. You yeah. know, I will never stray from giving tough feedback. That's yes. true. That's true. <laughs> Diana will tell you whether you want to hear it or not. Whether you, that's true. But I, I submitted my entry and I thought mine was pretty good, but that's that's not really part of the story here. But other people submitted and then I got an email and it was said, Hey, you're you won. You won. So I was super excited. I was like, holy cow, it's going to be called Bluck Tape. Like, that's amazing. And like, and you're going to get this prize because for the winning, and they didn't tell what the prize was going to be. They just said, we're going to give you a prize for, for winning. And it was a, um, when I got the letter from them, they said, we had over 250 applicants and your name was selected randomly from the 250 applicants for it. And although we couldn't use your name or any of the other 250 selections, we just decided to go ahead and since you took the time to submit it, we decided to go ahead and just do make turn into a random drawing. So the marketing department didn't like any of the 250 internal suggestions that they got. And they ended up naming it like 3M High Performance Duct Tape 3000 Plus or something <laughs> like that. It was such a bad name. Oh, and then no. they sent the prize and the prize, I still have it somewhere. It is literally a mug that has a roll of tape on it and it says tape. It doesn't even say even, 3M. I don't know where they got this. It doesn't say Bluck Tape? It doesn't say Bluck Tape. It's not even about the duct tape. It's just like a roll of tape and just uh, tape. I don't know who made that. It's didn't not say even thanks branded. for trying. Thanks it's for not playing. Even branded. That was the prize for it. And I just remember being like totally, like it just totally took the wind out of my sails. Like, well, I'm never going to participate in another stupid yeah. contest. I like have so many questions <laughs> after that. Like, like I just, I have so many questions. Well, this is the whole idea of, of having that mechanism, the proper mechanism to be able to respond to this. So if I am going to solicit feedback, I might say, uh, Brad, if I know I'm not going to use any of the 250 responses, I might say something to the effect of we may 
choose to use this, but we would love for you to give it your best effort. You know, something like that. Something that says it's not a guarantee that somebody from this from this group is going to win. Or like the other example that I use, we will take this into consideration as we make our decision. Something something like that, that, that says, you know, that, that braces people for that. You know, one of the questions we ask organizations a lot too, before we do that, understanding your motivation for doing that, but how, how then are you going to use the feedback? Because we've worked with some organizations that are, you know, it's almost this witch hunt. They're after something, and then they're going to use that information to then punitively punish the force or, or the team or the department or something like that uh, from behind the scenes as well. So I just took, I, I just, we did some travel last week. And we, we've talked about it a little bit. It was it was an interesting yeah. trip, and I stayed at a hotel, and we got delayed the night before we were supposed to fly out. So I flew but flew in a day late, and the hotel I called the hotel the day before and told them that I said I'm going to miss that night. I don't know what your policy is on it, but I'm calling you ahead of time to let you know that I missed the night. Well, they didn't pass that message on to whoever needed to get that message. I mean, I called the hotel directly, and they canceled my reservation. Like I lost my room. Fortunately, the, I was speaking at a conference and the conference organizer caught it the next day and reinstated my reservation. Otherwise, I may not have had a room. Like I may have had to go stay at a different hotel, but they reinstated the reservation. So I was lucky for that. And then I went in and I told them at the front desk, I said, you know, just so you know, like I called yesterday and they canceled the reservation and they said, yeah. And since you were a no call, no show, you get charged for the first night. And I said, but I did call. And so they said, well, we'll submit that to management and for review and we'll see if we'll see what the response is. So they told, they submitted it to management and then I, they talked to me later and said, well, we submitted it to management and they said, our policy is if it's a no call, no show that you have to pay for the night. And I said, but I did call and here's my phone and I showed them all of this stuff. Well, anyway, fast forward, they finally, after four conversations I had with people, never with management, by the way, never directly with management until I got a random email from like the head of the, the property who, who didn't call me, sent me an email that was just like one of those automated check-in things. And I replied to him and I said, I'm having this problem. And I, I never got irate. I never argued whether I should pay for the room. I just said, you keep telling me I didn't call you and I did call you and I can show you on my phone where I called you. Like I had the phone record and I'm just trying to figure out like, are you calling me a liar or are you gonna just, what's, what's happening here? So finally he said, okay, well, I'll take the, take it off the bill. They never apologized. They never acknowledged that they canceled the reservation in the first place and all that stuff. So I just got right before we jumped on this podcast, a survey from that hotel. And it said, give us a rating. And it's one of those things on a one to one to 10. It's a net promoter score. How like would you be to refer us? I gave them a four that triggered a very, very, very long survey afterwards. And it opened up and the first page was like all about COVID all about COVID protocol. I just wanted to give them the quick feedback of like, you guys called me a liar like three times and canceled my reservation when I did call ahead of time. Like you guys messed up a process and called me a liar multiple times. That's really all I wanted to tell you is to make sure that you kind of knew that big picture. And by the time I got to the fourth page of surveys that was asking me about how clean my bathroom was and if they clean the shower properly and if they clean the sinks properly and did they clean the toilet property properly, I just gave up and punted and walked away. All right, so let's take this to the next step and really kind of walk through a few of the things that we wanted to set the stage for, but now we can kind of talk about this whole idea of giving and receiving feedback because it works both ways. And there's a few different dynamics that are at play here too. So the manager to employee feedback, the employee to manager feedback, and then the peer to peer. That's a different dynamic. All of these carry a little bit different weight. 
And so let's talk about maybe the manager to employee uh, feedback first. What's the dynamic there? How does, if I'm a manager, how do I prepare to give my employee feedback? Uh, and let's talk about it maybe from the manager's perspective first, and then we'll switch gears of how I'm receiving that feedback as the employee. So let's talk about a little bit about the dynamic there. What are some things that I want, you know, that, that we want managers to know going into even something like that? What does the dynamic dynamic look like? I think the trickiest part about giving feedback for a manager to an employee is that you want the employee to own the feedback at the end of the day. So if you don't give the feedback in the right way, then it's feedback and they feel like you own it, but they don't own it, then they're not going to make any changes ultimately at the end of the day. Now it's your, it's, it's the manager's problem, not the employee's problem. So the, the trick of that, I think, is as the manager is to talk about the impact of the feedback that you're giving. So like somebody's giving bad customer service, instead of saying like, well, I saw this and this and this, and you gave this and that's inappropriate and you're going to stop. Like that, there's no chance of taking ownership from the employee perspective there. There's no like, well, wait, we got super busy. The phones were here. I was trying to handle all this. It's there's no, you're going to get a defense. It's going to be an us versus them thing. I think what it is to say, it looked like you had some challenges. You know, I saw your interactions with the customers there. It looked like you had some challenges there that were frustrating the customers a little bit. Like, tell me a little bit about it. Like what's going on there? What do you think we could do better? And try to get it more into like a coaching kind of a conversation. So you've given the feedback of like, I've watched an observation. I've seen a thing that hasn't worked, but then I'm going to let you unpack why the thing isn't working. How does that work? That's a, that's, that's a real trick in giving an employee feedback is to help make sure that you still give them space to own it. Now, in extreme cases, some of your, some of the management, because I know we get feedback on this too. So I'm going to acknowledge the feedback that sometimes when we say it, it's like, well, if an employee does something really just out there, like really out there, do I have to coach them into something? No, you can tell them like, no, you should not. I saw you spit on that, that customer. That was unacceptable. You're not going to do that again. Stop that. That's okay. But uh, most cases, it's not cases like that. Most cases you can say that outcome didn't go the way I think anybody wanted it to. Let's talk about what are the barriers? What's, what's creating that for you so that they can take ownership in the direction. Yeah. And, and I think for this too, it's important to understand the dynamic as you're going into this. If this is not something that you're normally used to doing as a part of work life here, where, you know, we don't normally meet just to provide feedback, right? Normally, if you have built the cadence to where, you know what, every time we talk, you're probably doing something wrong. And I'm trying to correct that. Then, then the anxiety is going to be there. Stress is going to be there. People react differently under those types of circumstances too. So I would encourage you, by the way, to have maybe create a space to have ongoing feedback where you can alleviate some of that awkwardness or the behind the scenes dynamic that's also working against you as you are trying to provide the feedback. If it's a safe place where, you know what, sometimes we're coaching towards these awesome things that you're doing. And sometimes I'm trying to lead you back in path here. If that trust and the relationship is there, then that, that makes it a little easier to provide that feedback too. I also think, and just to add on to that, Matt, I think the continuous feedback is super important. You know, there was a, a manufacturer that we work with that did an employee serve and they called us and they were super excited. And they said, hey, 40% of our employees so that they got feedback from a supervisor sometime in the last year. And they were excited because that number they thought was higher than it was higher than like 35% the year before or something. And I said, so wait a minute. So 60% of your employees have not received any feedback from their supervisor in a year. Like, wow, that's a lot. So like, when you think about feedback, like a lot of times we're, you, you, your mind probably goes to negative feedback, but there's also positive feedback. 
if I'm giving you feedback, if I'm giving you, hey, that was a great interaction that you had. Hey, that was really good. I appreciate you doing that. Hey, I noticed this. That worked really, really well. Then I can come to you. And if I'm talking to you now, it's not, oh, crap, my boss is talking to me. They're about to tell me something bad. You're, you're right, Matt. You can get into a cadence where now it's, I can tell you the bad things because I also tell you the good things. I'm just going right. to tell you what it is. I'll, I'll acknowledge the great things that you're doing, but I'm also going to tell you when it's not so great. Yeah. So if we make it a normal part of our process, we just get together and we share feedback, we're giving feedback and, and coaching regularly, then, then that, that helps, you know, helps you put, helps put you in a better position to be able to provide feedback consistently and maybe even more honestly. What about from the employee's perspective? So my, my manager is going to share some feedback with me. Let's talk about maybe some correct ways, I guess, to, how do I accept that? Like, how do I respond to that? Am I able to ask questions at that time? Is that a time to defend my position? Is it a time to just, you know, take it and go? I, I, you know, let's talk about maybe from the employee's perspective, what are some ways that I can go through this feedback process uh, effectively? Diana? I think it depends a little bit on the relationship you have with your superior and, and kind of the circumstances. I would never say that someone should not respond or defend themselves. Like, I think it depends on what's happening. I also would never say that it, they have to say something right then and there. Some, some people need to like take the time to process it. But I do think that when somebody gives you feedback, whether you're ready to hear it or not, you should take some time to listen to it because whether or not you think it's real or true, there's probably some nugget of truth there as hard as it may be to hear. Yeah. Even with Don's scenario earlier with the hotel, you know, for the no call, no show, half of that is true, right? Don did not yeah. show. I literally did not show up. That's true. Right. 50% of that is true. So 50% of that is not true. And so, you know, if I'm the employee going into a situation like that, again, if it's not something we normally do, I'm probably on edge. If it's something that we normally do, then, okay, let's, let's, you know, we, we talk about taking things with a grain of salt. Uh, what are the things that are true from that? What are the things that I can own from that? Do I need to change my entire outlook, my entire behavior? Maybe not. Maybe there's just a couple of simple, simple things in there. I think, I think whenever we hear, especially if it's critical feedback, I think we're, I think it's emotional, you know, kind of to hear that. And we make emotional responses because we're in that emotional space. And so, you know, what are some tangible things I could take away? Is there truth or a half truth to that? And what do I need to do as a result of that? Bethany, were you going to add? Well, I was just going to add that. I think one way to help yourself in those situations when it comes to feedback is to, to more regularly ask for feedback too, because I think that also gives your, your supervisor, it's easier for them to give you feedback then <laughs> so that even when you aren't asking for it, they know, Hey, they generally are asking me, they are looking for feedback. They're open to being coached. So I know that they're going to be able to handle this. And so I would just say, and I don't think it, I think there's a line where it can come across as like you're being insecure about everything you do. So if you're always doing after every single thing that you do, you're always asking for like, how was that? How was that? How was that? That's yeah. a little bit different, but I think just more regularly being able to ask those questions and say, Hey, was there anything that I could have done better there? How do you think that went? Or how do you think this is going? Or is there something that I'm missing that, you know, to, to improve on this? So I love that it, it, you can train your managers, like as an employee, you can train your managers, you can think about not just like, I like that asking for feedback, like if you're not getting feedback from your manager, you can train them to give you feedback by asking them to give you more feedback, but being being specific about that feedback. 
sometimes, hey, I just had this customer service interaction. You got to watch it. Is there anything you would have done, have me done different, do differently? I also wanted to add too that when the feedback comes to you and it comes back in the wrong way, like in my example of the hotel, my response wasn't very healthy either. Like my response to that wasn't very healthy. So you as an employee, like if your employer gives you feedback the wrong way and they're a jerk about it or they get in too much, or they lecture you or all that kind of stuff. It's easy to sit back and think, well, you're not doing this the right way. You should have really listened to this podcast, but you don't have control over what, how they give you the feedback when you're receiving it, but you do have control how you respond to it. So you have to take the, think about it and take the high road. I think even when that stuff comes on, unlike what I did with the hotel. Yeah. and come back with a reasonable response to it. Yeah, it kind of goes back to what Matt mentioned earlier about assigning intent, right? Don't, insi- don't assign intent to somebody's feedback. Maybe it's just feedback. Maybe they actually are trying to help you, not they hate you and they think you're dumb and they want to charge you a bunch of money on your credit card. Like maybe it really was a bad process and they didn't realize it and the the employee there was was trying to cover his own button so didn't tell people that you had called i mean there's like a hundred reasons that all of those things could happen so i think assigning intent to another person's feedback is also detrimental to the process yeah and that not only the process but the relationship to the working relationship to the dynamic of the team and there's there's a big ripple effect to that uh, too which we've talked about as well and I would add, continuing that hotel example is in the moment, I thought I did, I actually handled it quite well. In the moment, I was cheerful. I was grateful for the hotel that I was at. I was, I was nice to the people that I talked to. I never used the term like, are you calling me a liar or anything like that? I said, I get it that people probably to get out of paying for a room, tell you that they called and they didn't call. Um, would it be helpful if I showed you the phone record? Like, would that be helpful? And the employee said, actually, yeah, yeah, if you could, yeah. So yeah, here's the phone record for that. And she's like, I'm going to put that in the notes and send that back to management so that we can get that kind of a feedback. Uh, the last piece that I wanted to be, I, I, the consultant in me wanted to help them and make them understand, like they never, they should have, there was one piece they should have done is like said, oh, we're sorry that that happened. We're sorry that we canceled your reservation piece. That would have been extra nice. But if I had come out angry and fought and said, well, you are all, you're calling me a liar and I pay your salary and that kind of stuff, then they're going to fight back. And guess what would have probably happened? One is I would have been more mad. It would have, it would have hurt the trip where in this case, it really didn't. I wasn't really that in bad mood about it during the trip. And second of all, I'll bet they wouldn't have refunded that first night, which they ended up doing. So you want to remain, if your boss is giving you feedback in the wrong way, if you take it the right way, that's going to end up being better for you. That's really hard to do in the moment, but I think that's a pro tip. Yeah. And then you're like, do you want to go outside to handle this? Does that what happened in your hotel story? <laughs> that's too? exactly what I did. Do you want to turn circles? Let's do I Let's go. You need to, yeah, we're going to throw down. We're going to throw down. This is what's going to happen. <laughs> no, I, but I think, I think, I think what's also interesting too, Donna, you talked about the, my reaction to the feedback and this kind of leads us to the next you know, what if I'm an employee that needs, that wants to provide feedback to my manager, which is far less common than the manager providing feedback to the employee, I would say. But if I'm the employee and I, and I want, I have some feedback that I need to provide to the manager, you know, first of all, I think, I think a lot of the, a, a large percentage of employees don't feel comfortable doing that because the manager has not yet created a space where the employee feels comfortable doing that. And this is something that I challenge at leadership development stuff. Whenever I'm talking to, to groups of managers, the dynamic is different. And I really just leave it as, as a manager, look inside of yourself here and ask yourself a question. Have I, have I done a good job of creating an environment where people are comfortable bringing me feedback? 
And if the answer is no, I don't know if you're succeeding as manager, right? I'm not, I don't know if you're getting a true picture of what it is that your workforce thinks that your employees think and, and do. Like maybe you just, at that point, you just have worker bees. I don't know that you have a relationship with, with those people. And so, you know, the challenging part is, have I done a good job of creating a space for people to feel comfortable? Because a lot of times it's not the manager asking the question or the feedback. It, it's, it's the fear of the reaction if I actually give it to you. Yeah. It's not the question. It's the reaction to the question. Yeah, it's like to what you were saying earlier, Matt, with there has to be that relationship built too. And so if you don't have that, people aren't going to come to you, but they are going to have the conversation with somebody and you'd rather it be you than their coworker or somebody else's boss. And then that's just not a healthy way to communicate about stuff. So yeah, that's a good point. That's a good, that's a good point. Even though they're not telling you that that word is getting around. Uh, Maybe you are now the only one that does not know how that employee feels. You said it's, you said, Matt, it's rare that employees give feedback to the employers. It's not rare that they want to. That is, I mean, every place that we go, every place we go, I always, I always chuckle a little bit because sometimes we'll, we'll, a lot of times part of our process is we'll do some surveys or we'll do interviews a lot of times and we'll sit down with employees and talk about what's working, what's not working, those types of things. And almost, and many times the management is always afraid, like, well, I don't know, what if the employee doesn't tell you anything? What if they don't talk? And we almost chuckle every time because they, they, they talk. Like they'll tell us a lot of things. They will tell us many, 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 many things because they wanted to, they've wanted to. It's like the pressure's built up over time and they just haven't been able to say all these things that they want to say. And then we give them, it's like we, we, we poke the balloon and they, all the air rushes out. I think that, 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 so if you're not getting a lot of feedback from your employees and you're thinking it's because they don't have a lot to say, uh, that's probably not true. Probably, probably not that we haven't done a good job it. of creating the space for them to want to say it. Bethany, that's what right. were you going to add? Well, and that being said, they we've also had the situations where that is sort of set up that way. They're not going to say, I don't know if they're going to tell you anything. We get in the room. They do. They want to have a place to talk about it. But then we'll even hear from them, you know, sometimes, well, good luck with this. I don't know if this is going to go anywhere. I'll tell you this, but it's probably not going to change. Um, and that's a whole other, there's a whole other issue there than with uh, what feedback has looked like within that organization in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Any tips that we might have for an employee that feels like I, I do want to provide feedback to my manager, what would we say as maybe some tangible tips for them to be able to walk away and at least take a step towards that? I think the first tip I would have is to try to challenge yourself as an employee to present whatever feedback you're giving back in as much as you can, the perspective of the company and the success of the team and not just for your own success. So if you can, it should be around, you know, this, I would, I could, if you gave me these extra resources, it's not because you just want them. It's because if, you know, honestly, if I got these extra resources, I think I could really help this company help do this. I could do this. I could do this. And I think it would really help our team, you know, and then maybe even flip it around instead of showing up and saying, I want these resources saying, you know, I was thinking about this seems to be important for our company. Am I right about that? Yes, it is. Well, one idea I have that might, can I give you an idea that might help us to get there and kind of asking, kind of stepping into it slowly from the perspective of the boss as much as you can. And then saying, okay, well, if that's really important, then what if we did this, this, and this, and just throwing it out and then kind of letting the boss kind of come to, to where you're at, I think is really good. I think what I see employees do, which is the opposite of that is they show up with like a wish list. 
and they they just they kind of throw up on everybody they just say here's all the things i want i want this and i want this and i want a pony and i want ice cream and i want this and this and this and all these things and then it's the, the boss is sitting there and they hear it i, I know i said it tongue-in-cheek because i've never seen an employee ask for a pony just for the record never seen that i don't know why that struck me but um, don i would like a pony okay just once diana has asked for the pony and since you're the first one to ask for a pony go ahead and price it out diana Go for it. Granted. Yeah. On Price that tiny out. Seattle people, yard that you have. People-centric mini horse. Price it out. Price it out. <laughs> Price it out. That'll be great. That'll be great. Yeah, that'll be great. But if you, if you, I think sometimes though the, the employers hear it like that, like you're asking me for all of these different things. I was in a meeting recently with a, uh, a an employer and they were talking about their plan for next year. And it was really in the context of like, what can we do to really make the company more successful? And one of the managers of the team showed up with a wish list and literally list called it. This is my wish list. This will make, I want to give everybody raises. I want to do this. I want the supply thing. I want the new computer. I want this. And I want this. I want this. And all these different things. And then it was like, and I'm, and I wait your reply, sir. Like you tell me if we're going to get it or not. And the boss did a good job with it of just saying, can you tell us like of those things that you just listed out, like what's, give me some priorities. Cause we can't just go buy all of that stuff. Like, I mean, that would be great, but we need some of it to be able to make us more successful so we can go buy that stuff. I'd love to give you all that stuff, but what is going to help us be more successful so that we can then go to the next item on your list and, and, and made her kind of prioritize that a little bit more. And then she, she kind of came to the table and said, well, these other things are kind of wish list stuff, but these things would really help us a lot and then made the case for it. And then she got it. So, I mean, that, that, I think if you can present it from the perspective of success in the company, uh, I think you have a more better chance of getting it. I was, I'm going to kind of have a story that goes along that when I was uh, my very first time as a manager, one of my direct reports came to me and said, Hey, we're all struggling with this thing. And what is keeping us from doing it this way? Right? Like she had a solution and I said, well, we can't do it that way because of the contract says this. And it was like a few random things. And she was like, you know, if you would share that information with the team, maybe we could find a better workaround. And it was so brave of her to like point that out to me, but she came to me. She saw the problem. She had a solution. She listened to why I wasn't letting anybody do that thing, but I wasn't telling anybody why I wasn't letting that happen. So she was just very brave and said, if you would share more, we could help more. And she put it in this perspective perspective of not herself and not the problem, but like the team and us. And it was so helpful for me. And it was probably the best way anybody could have given me feedback at that time. And she did it so smartly and so wonderfully. And I just think back to that all the time about how that person just very quickly and easily brought me a problem, a solution, and then gave me feedback on all the things we talked about. It was wonderful. Yeah. Great. All right, great. Let's talk about our last dynamic here, which is peer-to-peer. Peer-to-peer giving feedback like that as we move to move to wrap up this conversation. We've talked about manager to employee, employee to manager, but you know, understanding those dynamics. But what about peer-to-peer? Because now nobody's the boss of anybody, really, right? Uh, but if I have some feedback that I need to be able to provide to another peer, first of all, is that acceptable? Like we're on the same playing field here. Like, is that something that we should do or we just recognize we work differently? And then second of all, maybe how do we approach something like that? Diana? Yeah. So it's totally acceptable. And what you have to do is you have to start a podcast and bring your whole team on it and then point out the flaws of everyone around you. Under the disguise of a podcast. Under the guise of a podcast. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, so if we ever mentioned really like helpful for our team, so if we ever mentioned like Ron or Metheny, uh, then, then they won't even know. Metheny yeah. would be for Diana. Sure. That makes sense. That makes sense. That's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> we just knocked out everybody laughing now. I just, I'll fill in the empty space there. Yeah. They'll yeah. never piece it together. Like, that. can we, we can, can we please, can we please talk about, um, anthropology for a second yeah <laughs> bethany's like no no we Wait, can't like the store or the science the science the science oh okay the just checking the store nobody knew there was a store i'm not shocked there's that. a wonderful store called anthropology and every woman listening will know that store. okay shout Thank out you. to, google shout it right to now. anthropology <laughs> matt's gonna google the women's You're store called anthropology yeah. apparently <laughs> But here, so look, whenever you're going to give your peer feedback, here's why it's so hard. Let's talk about that. And it's, it's very anthropological. We are part of a village, right? And for thousands of years in our existence, being part of that village, our survival depended on it. If we were shunned from the village, we died. That's, that's true. Until like the last few hundred years, that has been true. You get shunned from the village, you die. So we have a very natural instinct to not want to upset the herd. So not upsetting the herd sometimes means not giving the feedback that we think that we should give. So I just want to, first of all, I think the first step in giving the feedback to somebody else is first to recognize why it's hard to do that, is you don't want to upset the herd. You don't want to upset other people and get, get kicked out of the herd or you will have to die eating squirrels in the trees. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think there's I was gonna say I think that's true and then you said eating squirrels now that part might not be true but there is a lot to say about not upsetting the apple cart so to speak like I don't want to like I'm just gonna keep my head down and not worry about it I don't want to rock the boat like normally they're very friendly normally we work well together it's just this thing it's just this thing that you know I, I feel like I need to provide feedback with it should be it should be something that we can provide feedback to each other or you know peer-to-peer -peer on on you know things that I don't know things that you feel like you know are, are disruptive but at the same time Don talked a lot about the approach of how we're approaching those things and we're approaching it under you know presenting to, to a manager instead of saying these are all the things that I need you to do from now on and thank you for your time bye that's probably not a not a not a starter but if we talk about man we're better when we work together like we're we're better if we're understanding each other uh, we've got to get to a place to where we can work more efficiently, you know, whatever that might be, uh, whatever that might look like, we have to be able to create a space to be able to have that conversation too. So where does that go though from there? Like, what does that look like? I think that's, I mean, I think that you have to build, you said building trust, which is really, 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 really important. I mean, if you go up to a perfect stranger and you tell them, let me tell you, well, I just saw you do this and I really don't think it's a good idea. I mean, stop somebody at a restaurant, you know, especially about their parenting skills that goes over really well right if you watch some parenting somebody you're like can i give you some advice yeah that's all you could good. what you're about to say could be the most brilliant thing ever and that person is not going to accept your advice it's not in that moment so i think some of giving feedback honestly is trying to how can you maneuver yourself into a position where the other person is seeking your feedback how can you do that some of that might be hey we're, i'm looking for ways for us to be more mutually successful what does that look like or i'm looking for ways for us to work together better what do you think about that and starting to give that because then they might turn around and say well that's a good point like what do you think and now you're getting their permission to give that feedback and open up the conversation in a relatively safe space i think safety is also really key we've talked about the 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 
biggest predictor of success within a team is psychological safety. And psychological safety is, do I feel safe being able to give and get feedback uh, within a team? And that comes from building trust. And how is trust built? It's not built from a lack of conflict. It's built by successfully navigating conflict. If we have given feedback, even on little things, little things, like if we start with little things and we can build that and we can get over that, then you can start giving feedback on deeper things. So to build that relationship over time, you think you have to give, the, you have to give feedback, but start small. You start small and then you can kind of work your way up. I would also say to build on that, I think empathy is another big part of that, which I'm a, I'm a empathy cheerleader, I guess, because I feel like I talk about it all the time, but I think that's true. Sometimes it's just part of, part of it is starting with empathy and then being able to go from there because it helps people. It sort of breaks down that vulnerability ability barrier that is maybe existing there where people's guard might be up way up at the beginning if you were to just say hey I'm going to give you some feedback so I'm thinking about Don's example of if you see somebody in public um, not parenting well and you want to give them some feedback right there probably don't but you know what what has happened to me is there was one time that I was um, grocery shopping and I had some very grumpy kids and my grocery cart and I wasn't buying them. They were my kids. So just to clarify, but they, but they were just very upset. It was not the right time of day for me to be grocery shopping. And one lady, some stranger said something very kind to me. And she literally just empathized with me in that moment. And I was like, thank you so much. And if I, if it wasn't me at the grocery store, I might've, might've started telling her more about like, thank you. You know, this is just how the day has gone. This is where we're at, blah, blah, blah. And then maybe we would have had an opportunity for her to be like, you know what? This is what I've tried before with my kids or something like that. So just as an example to carry that over, I think that that is very true in our workplace settings too. If you could empathize with people and, and then I think that helps people's guards go down a little bit and then they might be able to help explain like, well, this is why I approach this this way but I don't know, maybe it wasn't the best way, or I'm really frustrated by this. And, and then it kind of opens up the conversation to say like, what's another way that we could come at this. Good. Diana. I was gonna, I was gonna use you a little bit, Matt. Uh, I think everyone on who listens to this podcast knows that like you and I work very differently and we often give each other feedback, but I think in the beginning, it was harder for me to hear feedback from you because I didn't trust you yet. Like I didn't know who you were. You were just this guy that worked with me and it was frustrating to hear feedback from you. Once we have established a relationship and I care about you and I understand what you're coming from a little bit more, it was way easier for me to hear feedback. And it was also easier for me to give feedback to you. So I am always a huge advocate for people who work together to get to know each other quickly and, and, and build that relationship fast and, and learn to trust each other quickly, because I think that will help you in the future. That seems to be kind of a theme that we've talked about. It doesn't matter the dynamic here with any of these, you know, employee to manager, manager to employee, peer to peer relationship is important. So making sure that we're maybe keeping a constant cadence of communication, we're building the relationship so we can have that level of trust. So that removes maybe some of that initial level of anxiety or stress off of the feedback itself. 
Let's go around. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say one more thing. And even if the feedback is delivered wrong, again, on a peer-to-peer basis, just like you said, it's the theme, is if you're going to build trust, is you could still take the high road. Somebody could give it to you in a terrible way and say, you know what? I really appreciate that. That's a great, that's great input. Thank you. I'll process that. Yeah, that, yeah. that, that helps to build that trust both ways. That, get, that makes you more powerful in terms of giving feedback later and makes the other person more likely to change how they give you feedback. And then maybe someday you can give them feedback on how they give you feedback. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Let's get one more tip here from everybody. Let's go around the horn here and get uh, one more tip on anything from the conversation today. Something that you would say, man, there's a lot of conversation, a lot of content. This is kind of a longer podcast. It's turned out to be uh, with all the conversation that we've had on this. So maybe what's one tip if we could boil it down. Here's my best advice on feedback. Who wants to start? Diana. I'll start. My best tip is don't avoid feedback as hard as it is. And as complicated as this as this conversation has gotten and all the nuances that go into it, you will not get better. Your company will not get better. The thing you're working on will not improve if you don't take and hear feedback. I think it's just really, really important to do it. Even if you do it wrong, like you probably still need to do it in some capacity. Great. Thanks. Don? I think that the building trust is a good one. I think that when you think about feedback and trust, a lot of times you don't think of those two things together, but your ability to give feedback can build trust if you do it the right way. And you don't build trust by just jumping in with both feet and telling somebody their baby's ugly. You have to start with small steps and be able to work and build up that trust over time. That, that creates that relationship where then you can tell the other person something and they feel safe about it, which ultimately is what you're trying to get to. And you want to create an environment for others so that they can tell you things that you need to know, because there are many times where there's probably stuff that you need to know that your friends know about already, and they're not telling you because they're afraid of how you're going to react to it. Good, good point. Thanks, Don. Bethany? Um, again, we've already talked about this, but I but I think that just asking for feedback more regularly is really good and really is a habit to continue to, to continue to practice. Awesome. Thank you. So that ongoing feedback, which helps build that trust and the relationship there too. I think I'm going to go way back to the beginning of the, of the uh, podcast here. When we talked about what is your motivation for wanting the feedback in the first place? What is your motivation for having the conversation in the first place? Is it to change people's minds? Is it to go on a witch hunt that I'm going to use punitively? If those are true, then you might not even do it. <laughs> you might not even go there in the first place. So maybe pulse check that with yourself. Uh, you know, understand the motivation of what is, why am I giving this feedback? Why do I feel the way that I feel? What, why do I want to have this conversation and uh, see if it's overall beneficial uh, for you and for your team and for the relationship, all those things. So anyway, we hope you uh, took a tidbit here or two from the conversation around uh, feedback, both providing it and accepting it. If you have other thoughts or other topics that you would like to bring to the table, Diana, how can they reach us? They can email us at more than work at peoplecg.com. Or right, we have thanks. a couple of Facebook and social media yeah. pages you could look at too. Awesome. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, subscribe, send to your friends, have them subscribe too. We love the interaction. And uh, we, you know, again, we hope it's beneficial for you. I hope it's tangible, something tangibly that you can take to become a better leader tomorrow than you were today. We enjoy this time and hope you enjoyed it too. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time. And in the meantime, lead well.